Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. In my 27 years as a Victorian policewoman, I investigated everything from a stolen bicycle to a stolen life. Policing taught me a lot about human nature, which I explore in my podcasts with a variety of fascinating guests discussing the human side and impact of crime, not only on their lives, but mine as well. My podcasts are not suitable for children and some adults for that matter. If you find yourself affected by my subject matter, please contact Lifeline or any other support, service or person that you feel comfortable with. My guests provide their recollection of an event or incident, sharing their thoughts and their emotions, but it's theirs and not everyone will agree with them. I understand that and I hope you do too. Thank you. I would strongly encourage anyone who has experienced inappropriate sexualized behaviours, sexual assault, report it as soon as possible. Because you may not be the only person who is being sexually abused by that person. Hello, everyone. Hope you've had a good week. Uh, we have because we haven't been evacuated due to more flooding. That's got to be a plus, doesn't it? Um, this week is part two and the final part of my interview with Tanya Maxwell. And to do a quick recap, Tanya Maxwell was sexually abused as a child, which led to difficulties as a teenager, battling a gamut of emotions, including depression, suicidal ideations and anxiety. But as you'll hear today in part two, her philosophy has been since then to learn something from every experience, both the good and the bad. And Tanya found a purpose in her life to become a victim advocate, but to also understand offending more with a view to reducing it or even better, to ultimately prevent it. But to prevent it or reduce it, we need to understand it. Tanya's passion in this area resulted in her becoming a member of Victoria's Legislative Council and representative of Darren Hinch's Justice Party's Northern Victoria electorate. But my interview with Tanya, it is not about politics, it's about justice. Tanya lost her seat in last year's election, but not her passion for supporting our most vulnerable assisting victims of crime, increasing safety in our community and improving the justice system as a whole. 
Today, uh, Tanya talks about her reluctance to report her own sexual abuse she survived as a young child and her reasons behind that reluctance. We discuss the options that sexual assault survivors have in reporting it to the police well, anyone really affected by crime. And Tanya provides some sound advice for those weighing up those options. And a heads up too, today we're also discussing Tanya and other advocates attempting to cease the importation uh, of sex dolls, which I've got to be honest, I found very uncomfortable and confronting. But in another strange way, it was fascinating. Um, but also the concerning ease with which children can view pornography on the web and the issues that that uh, brings. You know, I'll never forget one uh, investigation I did and it was um, a young man, I think he was about 19, and he had, um, he had, you know, he'd been drinking, he'd been smoking uh, dope or whatever, but, and that's no excuse, it doesn't matter what he'd been doing prior, but he had been watching pornography and he was so aroused and so incapable of um, uh, uh, managing his emotions that he went into the room next door and raped his sister. And I will never forget that mother, and I'm talking now about the mother, the offence was terrible, but what a position to put a mother uh, fr- from a police point of view. Like there's her her son who has raped her daughter. So talk about conf- like she, she wants to support her kids, but what does she do? She's got a son who's a rapist and a daughter who's a victim to her son. Like it is just... There's a lot of stuff that goes on that, and I don't think the general public generally need to know that sort of stuff. It's too distressing. You know, I know you and I have had the discussion about people reporting these crimes of sexual abuse and, uh, you know, why people don't report. Um, and and there are so many reasons uh, it, and, and it, yeah, I I think that that's something that is worth exploring more too. Feel free. <laughs> okay. I just, um, yeah, look. I, I'm exploring more. <laughs> and I know that uh, you had asked me, you know, what was the court process like for me? And uh, I I know that you were taken aback when I said, well, to be honest, I have never reported my crime against me. I've never reported that I was in fact, raped. There was uh, another person who was involved as well. Um, and I think there's many reasons why sometimes people don't report. Um, we also know that sexual abuse can be something that's very difficult to prove. And I think that uh, for many what we hear on the media, people say, why, why would I report this? So many offenders are let off because, as I said, it can be so difficult to prove. It, it ultimately, at the end of the day, will often come up as your word against mine. So without that proof, it's very difficult to get a conviction 
And on that note, I would say to, I would strongly encourage anyone who has experienced inappropriate sexualized behaviors, sexual assault, report it as soon as possible. It doesn't mean that you have to take that offender to court. There are mandates for people to report it to police, but ultimately you can make that decision where you go. But if you don't report it for weeks, months, years later, Mm. Mm. a lot of the time that evidence is no longer available. So I strongly encourage people, Mm. get to your nearest hospital, get to your nearest police station and report it. I, I cannot emphasise the importance of that. In, in my role as an investigator with um, uh, sex offences, a lot of times, and I think I want to um, tell this to the listeners as well, that if you are sexually assaulted, you can, as Tanya is saying, do all... You know, you can go to a hospital, you can go to a GP, you can get um, just if you do decide years later to uh, report it or you never report it, at least there is something recorded somewhere. But also you can, the police, um, it's up to you whether you want to take it further or not, not the police. What the police will do is they will advise you, look, I could take a statement from you and we can uh, go and interview the uh, uh, suspect and, you know, it might go to trial. We may, you know, you can get all these, um, uh, all this advice, but you can also make a statement to the police to say, yes, I was sexually assaulted um, and give the briefest of details. And I'm talking maybe a sentence, but you can say, but I don't want to take it any further because, I don't know, I'm frightened of retribution because I don't want, I don't feel I can face the court process, you know. So it's what's called a statement of no further police action, but at least it's recorded somewhere. And I couldn't agree with because you otherwise more. The person's, because otherwise the person, the offender, is going to get away with it. Nine times out of ten, if you don't have, as you're talking about, Tanya, if you don't have the corroboration or just a little bit of corroboration rather than nothing. And something else I think which is really important to highlight here, Narelle, is that, you know, as we've seen, particularly overseas from very high-profile cases, if, if you don't report then it's very difficult to build that case because you may not be the only person who is being sexually abused by that person. Now, we often know that when one person comes forward, there are times when others will come forward as well. Doesn't mean, as you stated, Narelle, that that has to have further action taken but it builds a case because there may be one victim who does want to take it forward. And that's where it's so important for our criminal justice system, particularly our courts, to be able to hear that evidence of past behaviour. And that's something that is often ruled out in that justice space. That tendency evidence, I think, plays a pivotal role in having people 
held accountable for their crimes. Can I can I go back and again, um, please feel free if you'd rather not answer this. But what has is there something that has stopped you from reporting your crimes to the police? Look, I think initially, and and uh, yeah, and look, I'm actually. Happy is not the right word, but I think these are the conversations that are important. So I think for me as a nine-year-old child, I was terrified that if I told anybody I was going to be persecuted, that how could I know what sex was? How could I even tell somebody I'd been raped? Mm. I was nine. I shouldn't know what that is. Mm. So that was one very strong factor that kept me silent for most the majority of my life so sorry was that the fear it was the it was the fear that I would be in trouble not only by my parents but perhaps the community if other people found out well you know and then I would come under scrutiny well what did you do so there was so many of those self-thoughts that made me in my mind to be the bad person. Were you threatened? Like as a nine-year-old, were you told if you tell somebody this is going to happen? I don't recall that happening, but I recall the violence because I I um, I was raped by my perpetrator over many, many times. And the aggression and the violence that came with that. Now, he also tried to drown me. So that was another way that he held control over me. This is what will happen to you. It was almost the unspoken rule. This is what will happen to you if you tell anybody. Okay, but then... As and you obviously had great difficulty um, as a teenager, and my, yeah. my goodness, I can understand why. But then, as an adult, you could actually report that now. I could, and look, I think, yeah, I, I yes, uh, and and there is. I'm just interested yeah, in in absolutely in the, the psych behind yeah. uh, what it is that prevents you, because if. If, if you you feel like that, I know a lot of other people will. Yeah. You know, there'll be others that are listening that are thinking the same thing. Yep. So can you just take us through that? I still want to protect my mum. So it really is out of respect for her that I haven't gone to, to court. And I, I'll take it back a little bit about when I first confessed to my parents that this was happening and uh, one of my perpetrators was there, the other one decided not to attend the meeting as I'm putting my fingers up, you know. In, in uh, You go in there and apologise and that was it. That was it. So my perpetrator defended that by saying, I heard you were looking for cannabis. So he deflected. So then it became about me. 
And was I smoking cannabis? Was I all all of a sudden there was this suggestion that I was a druggie. And I was so overwhelmed by that going, how did this narrative flip so quickly to here I am sitting here in a meeting saying, this has ruined my life. This is what happened to me. And you're just requesting a simple apology. And then it's deflected that I'm actually not the victim here, that I'm being questioned. So that was another reason that I thought, is this what's going to happen to me in a court of law? And I remember my mother saying to me, do you know that every boyfriend you ever have is going to be raised in court if you take this further? So once again, I was being deemed the person who, you know, I'd had a lot of boyfriends and that reason was always I just wanted somebody who would love me and respect me. Because you certainly didn't get it. I'm sorry, but no. you certainly didn't get it at home. And I needed mm. it. I longed for it. You know, I ran away from we home. All do. Ab- absolutely. Mm. And so the impact mm. that that had on my life, but still I want to protect my mother. Now, often, well, I won't say often, but there are certainly times when I have done some searches on the internet because. I think what the perpetrators never factored in and this other person, there was a witness who did not participate. And I think that's the only reason now I am strong enough is because they know there was a witness. Yeah. Would you consider going to the police now? There are certainly days when I do. But ultimately, Narelle, I've probably been so incredibly lucky that I've been able to move forward from this and through a lot of therapy and a lot of experiences, many negative but so many positive, that I can now control what happens to me. And I can use the lessons I've learnt to help others. And that is the greatest gift I could ever be given. Hmm. Well, you're certainly doing that. What what I'm interested about going back talking about your mum. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you don't you didn't want to or you don't want to upset your mum, um, or you didn't want to at the time, but what if your mum hears this? Uh, she is obviously will be upset. What would you do now if if your mum does learn about this now that you've you've um, told your story publicly? Would that change your relationship with your mum, or would that might start a conversation with your mum that's you know been there since you were nine? Yeah. And look, it's interesting because I have had this conversation with mum. As an adult, okay. uh, and Mum and I do still have conversations. I I don't talk to her anymore about uh, whether I intend to take this to court, but we mm. do have 
at times a silent agreement as to how she feels about the perpetrators and how I feel. And at times they're very separate. That love and that bond is very difficult to break. I don't tell this story um, for people to feel that and and I can't control how people feel about it. And it is accepted with love and gratitude when when people convey their empathy. But this is what drives me to reach out and encourage Mm. and empower other people. This this has all come to fruition now with, with my wanting to speak to you and me launching uh, my speaking tours of surviving trauma is because I want to empower other people to tell their story but to learn and understand that you don't have to remain as a victim. I'm a survivor mm-hmm. and I want to encourage other people to understand that whilst I suffered the impact of that trauma from other partners in relationships, I learnt lessons from that and I've come out to be a much stronger person and someone who just wants to scatter that glitter on every victim out there or survivor, as I like to call them. Have you talk about having a conversation with your mother? Yeah. What about the perpetrators? Uh, look, it's interesting because I was very, I, I do remember at a time when I was at one of my lowest and, and look, we talk about suicidal ideation. Uh, I do remember ringing my perpetrators and saying this is probably going to go to court, so prepare yourself. I found out later they were all ringing each other. There was three of them at that time and they were all ringing each other. So, you know, it had incited some fear. Um, There's one that I never speak to. There is one that I have only just reconnected. You know, this is a concern of mine would be if he did that to you, what about all those years in between when you were nine and now you're, um, a, you know, a mature woman? What a beautiful way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my concern is what, you just rape somebody once and then move on and think, oh, well. Like to me, yeah, I would be very surprised if there wasn't other victims or survivors. That's a terrible thing to say, but my experience is that is not a one-off. Yeah. And look, and that's a really valid and great point that you raise and in particular for people who listen to this podcast. Um, so there were other times when he was abusing me but for him it seemed to stop but by the time I was living in Perth Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. His daughter who was only very small, had two broken arms and I was secretly having a complete meltdown and wondering was she being abused Mm. because somebody had to wipe her bottom when she went to the toilet. You know, and I know this is really, this is raw and real, as I said, but I had a friend who used to kind of look out for her and I have since asked her, and she had said, hand on her heart, no, it mm. never happened to her. Mm. But mm. you're right, we we don't we don't know. The older one who was the main perpetrator, he has thankfully never had children. Mm. Uh, and what about the ones living what about the ones living next door? What about exactly the ones that he, you know, he comes into contact with through his work or that's what um, you know, I don't mean to put the fear of God into anybody, but it's very rare in my experience that they just stop. Yes. And and what is it? And what is it that we go back to a conversation we had earlier? What is it that let's say, I don't know, they're 13 or 14, I don't know yep. how old they were, but like Where does that come from? Why does a 13 or how does a 13 or 14-year-old young boy think this might be a bit of fun or, um, um, oh, you know, I'm going to give her what she deserves? I don't know how they think, but where does that come from? And I spent years looking at that. I spent years thinking about that and researching and looking at what what did you come up what with? What was the factor? Well, in order for me to really find out what happened, I would have had to ask them, and yeah. I never yeah. felt that I could provide them that empathy because I knew if I mm. found out or understood that they had themselves been sexually abused, 
I wasn't sure. I guess my nature is just to be compassionate and empathetic and I wasn't ready to give them that. But we know historically that rape of somebody, it's not a one-off. So I, I managed to say that is not my problem. But this goes back to why we're having this conversation is because we know that sexual abuse is something that offenders hide because they hope that the victim will keep quiet about it. That's the tool that gives them that ability to continue the abuse. And having these conversations I hope that somebody will say, I've noticed a change in behaviour of yeah. my friend yeah. because my behaviour certainly changed. And when I did the launch of my speaking tours, I had three school friends who attended. And after, the, after my presentation, they said to me, how did we not know? They mm. said, but looking back now, my behaviour was such that something was going on with me. But they didn't have the skills or the tools or the insight to ever education to ever imagine that that's what it was. Now I can, one of those girls who came with me, she said, I can remember you coming to school and you'd taken an overdose and I was trying to get you to drink salt water so you'd throw up. Hmm. But they never... They were never inquisitive and that's not their fault. You know, it's a bit like opening Pandora's box. Don't ask the question that you're not prepared for the answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's so much to talk about just just in in regard to this. I I feel we could sit and talk for absolutely (laughs) hours, Narelle. Yeah, I I, I do too, Tanya. Um, Can we... And, and I've got to say before moving on, thank you so much for sharing such a personal and private matter. But and, and even though it's difficult to hear and it's probably, I don't get the feeling it's all that difficult for you to speak to because you want to speak about it. But it's not easy, I get that. Yeah. But just thank, thank you because by hearing this, there are people out there that are going to think it's going to resonate with them and give them, I don't know, some inspiration, a bit of a bit more education about, you know, their own circumstances, gives them a bit more knowledge. You know, knowledge is power. Absolutely. And I think that's, yeah, yeah. And something else I'd like to convey just on that note. There is strength in vulnerability. So sitting here telling my story puts me in a in a vulnerable position. It, it you know I can tell sitting here my my body language changes. You'll hear my voice has changed. You know when I'm talking about other people and there's that passion and you know I don't ever want yeah. this to happen to anybody else. And when I'm talking about myself, it's that. Wow, I am opening up an old scar and I'm vulnerable. But what I've learned to do is draw strength from that because it's not 
about me. It's what I can give to and provide to other people. That's what brings me. Joy's not the right word. Happiness isn't. Contentment's not the right word, but it it brings me empowerment to think if I can, if this podcast has provided support and assistance to even one person, and I know that's a cliche, but then that one person will have hopefully grow and shine mm-hmm. and understand the terrible impact that trauma has offending learn to understand offending and how do we address it and and let's be frank people who offend and are incarcerated are eventually going to be released from prison so how do we address that how do we stop them from becoming recidivist offenders if you like how do we how do we invest in those rehabilitation programs now when we're talking pedophilia and uh, sexual abuse, a lot of those people cannot be rehabilitated. But how do we invest to prevent that from happening in the first place? What have they gone through that incites that insidious behaviour and inflicts it on other people? That's a conversation for a whole other day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I... Yeah, I just wanted to finish on uh, something that is very uncomfortable, uh, but I wanted to talk a little bit, tell me about, and it all comes back to me again about pornography on the internet. Tell me about what you've learned about the importation of sex dolls. I, I find it hard to believe that I find it hard to even think about but can you tell me a little bit about that? Because from my point of view, that is probably one of the most uncomfortable, uh, not a vision, um, but to think that people do that, I know they might have their reasons. It might be, uh, you know, to relieve themselves. Uh, I, I just, and I know that's not the only reason people import sex dolls, but can you tell me what you've learned about that? Sure. And look, I, I once again, I have to thank Melinda Tankard Reist for highlighting that to me. You know, I heard that. You know, and sometimes SBS will show uh, shows on TV where you know people have these blow up dolls that they've imported and they treat them as their lifelong partners. But taking it a step further learning and understanding that people were doing this for sexual gratification made me have a couple of different concerns. One, the first and foremost, it was these dolls look like children. So. God, that makes me feel sick. Hmm. Was, is, is the behaviour that they are I'll use the word inflicting upon this child sex doll, is are they going to then inflict that on a real child? That's that's was always my concern when I first heard about this. What my what initial is, response would be, of course they will. But that's terrible, isn't it? But 
Well, what are they practicing on these dolls? Oh, I don't know. Oh, a, God, this is absolutely. But the, you know, this is the importance of having these conversations. But what also astonished me was how easy and accessible they were. So there's a website out there called Etsy, which, you know, you can buy almost anything on Etsy. But Melinda Tankard Reist, who through her collective shout movement, had them removed from Etsy. And this is her role. She has even been flagged because of her use on the internet of searching for these things. And it's only that she works all over the world with high-ranking police that once they realise it's her, they know why because this is what she researches. This is what she spends her life trying to shut down. So the fact that they can import them on so many different websites, she, you know, and of course as soon as you get some shut down, more just continually pop up. But how can we allow the importation of these childlike sex dolls and how can we how can we not shut down on another note this child abuse material that is apparently prolific if you know where to look for it on the internet you know that's that for me links in with the pornography the sex doll importation and this abuse Hmm. of babies and children is just horrendous that's that's probably something that I would like to become more involved in in the prevention and monitoring and looking at that as hard as that would be you have people if we don't have people to do this it doesn't happen you're right, yeah. And and isn't going back a little bit to something you were talking about before, I can't remember what it was now, but from my point of view, I'm opening up here, um, but I couldn't be involved. I, I would love to because I find the whole concept repulsive, um, dis- distressing. I couldn't become involved in something like that because it would be so triggering mm. for me. Yet yeah. I want other people to do that because it was such a um, significant part of my um, mental health diagnosis. Yeah. But just the thought, like when you talk about sex dolls, I don't know why I've, I only think of sex doll importation as like an adult doll but I don't know why maybe I've I've put it out of my mind but the thought that somebody would import like when I think about it it says it all it's a sex it's a doll so it's little mm-hmm. you know like but I've never really thought about it like that I think because it's so distressing I can't think about it yeah. um, but I want people like yourself and uh, Melinda tankard Reist. It's got to, we've got to stop this, this sort of stuff. Oh, God, I just, I can't, yeah, I can hardly think about yeah. it. But, again, 
we've got to talk about absolutely as distressing as it is Mm. absolutely because uh that's what keeps it underground and behind closed doors is because people don't want to talk about it and I can completely understand that it's not a topic that I want to talk about but what I want to do is prevent it from happening and in order to do that I have to understand it that's right, which is what I said in my intro somewhere, didn't I, about to to deal with it, we've got to understand, understand it, and to understand it, we've got to talk about Absolutely. it. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, on that bright note, <laughs> Tanya, <laughs> I think I might wind up today, but I feel I might have you back. <laughs> There's so much more to um, talk about. Oh, my goodness, there is. And I, it's just a subject, not certainly not the sex doll importation, but everything else there, um, We well, we do need to talk about the importation of the dolls as well, but you've just got such an easy way of talking about it and just it's sort of so natural and I think rather than getting all hot, you know, all antsy and angry and, uh, passionate is different and I can hear the passion in your voice and I think you might be able to get the feeling I'm quite passionate yeah, about myself. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but look, in closing, um, thank you. for. There's so many other things I want to ask you, but I think we will in um, part, probably about part 10 now. Really. <laughs> um, but thanks for everything you've done and that you continue to do um, to support victims, their families and loved ones. And like you and I feel... We are giving those who may not be able to speak, who cannot speak or too frightened to speak, we try and give them a voice and your, um, God, and a courage and determination to challenge these really difficult subject matters is to be admired. It just shows the strength and stamina that you have. If we don't talk about these issues openly, they'll end up being like domestic and family violence all that long ago where it was kept in-house, not discussed anywhere. And I can remember, you know, as a child you always told that, you know, there was stuff that, well, we didn't have any, it was, wasn't was sexually um, talked about. But, I mean, if there was something going on in the house, it's our business, nobody else's, but it is our business. It's our business to call it out to stand up and bring these perpetrators, these bullies to justice. The community need to call out intimidating, demeaning, abusive, coercive, controlling behaviour for what it is and it may very well save a person's life or a person's mental health. Absolutely. And just to reflect on one thing while we were sort of talking about my mum before, one, she was ringing on the phone while we were having that very conversation. I thought, oh, wow, that's, you know. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> that's intuition. <laughs> um, but but secondly, I, I think that you know, it is so important to have these conversations and I and I would just like to say if anybody does listen to the podcast and, and feels that this has brought things up for them, please seek support. There is nothing embarrassing about seeking support. It's having things happen to you uh, and wanting to confide in somebody. It's imperative that you do and it will help to support the mental health issues and concerns that you may have at some stage. But I also just quickly wanted to touch on 
My mum and I had a conversation the other day and I said to her, remember the old saying, children should be seen and not heard. Oh, yes. And I said to her, gee, look where that got us. And I left it at that. But Mm. for me, it was that's how we were raised. And I'm sure Mm. that had an impact on me not telling either because children should be seen and not heard. And that was constantly mentioned in our house isn't that yeah and that that's right and that was in our household too and we had nothing that we couldn't talk about openly like it was just maybe if mum and dad had had a fight or oh I don't know something had you know had happened in the house yeah it was uh you just keep it in house you don't discuss these sort of things and you're right and look where that has left you and thousands millions Mm -hmm. of others but Yes, um, so don't keep it to yourself. Talk to somebody, talk to anyone, but do something. Do not remain silent. Exactly. And I'd, I'd love at some stage to come back and talk about offending, rehabilitation. The When? The, uh, Give me a date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it, Tanya, we'll trust me. Because I think that is a component that whilst, you know, some of the audience will say, I don't want to hear about the offender's rights. I think it is part and parcel of this that, as we mentioned earlier, these offenders will not remain incarcerated for life and we have to ensure that they don't re-offend and how do we do that? That's a whole other can of worms to open but it's something that I'm extremely interested and passionate about. Never thought I would be, never thought that I could actually uh, not defend's not the right word for an offender because they still are the bottom of the pond scum to me. However, it's a consideration that is real. Yeah, exactly. And we have to address it. No, we do, uh, like a lot of things we've talked about today. Mm. And can I just say thank you so much, Narelle, for this opportunity because without people like you being willing to have these difficult conversations, we wouldn't have the platform for people to hear this. And the great thing about a podcast is people can turn it off. If there's parts that they don't want to hear until they're mm. ready to hear True. it, they can skip it, they can you know, they can access it but listen to it Mm. in their time. And, you know, like I said, without you having this platform for me to convey this, um, it it, it means so much not only to me but I'm sure to to the many hundreds if not thousands or more people that listen to your incredible podcasts. Thank you, Tanya. My pleasure. Next week. My guest is a policeman who won a bravery award for his involvement in the capture of Archie Butterley and Peter Gibb, hardened, dangerous criminals who escaped from prison in Melbourne with the help of Gibb's secret lover, prison officer Heather Parker. Have a great week and we'll talk then. See ya. As you've probably noticed, we've moved to a new platform called ACAST. I think that's the right expression, I've got no idea. And my previous reviews 
haven't transferred over. I need reviews. <laughs> Could you do me a favour and put up a review? And thank you so much for your support and patronage. With your help, I can give you that little bit extra. Thanks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.